we get to finally scratch off another franchise that has won their first world championship as the Texas Rangers finish off the Arizona Diamondbacks in five games to win the 2023 World Series. Corey Seager is your World Series MVP, and we're here to break it down on the sports cubicle. It's Paul Shavari, it's Devin Tingle, I'm Mike Mercado, and a very interesting postseason that came off a very interesting season. And now that we have finally crossed the finish line, we have our world champions. Let the think pieces begin. What did it mean to have the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers in the World Series? What does it mean about the ratings of this World Series? What does the future hold for teams that want to compete, for small markets, for big markets, and all that that's going to make an interesting winter for baseball fans? But before we do that, let's go ahead and talk about what we saw on the field, what we saw for these five games, what we saw in this postseason, and what we saw crowning a new World Series champion in the Texas Rangers. And I want to start with you, Paulie. What did you see in this series that really captivated you, really maybe hardened some of the thoughts that you had, maybe loosen some of the thoughts you had heading into this World Series now that we're at this point? Where are you now that we have crowned a first-time champion in the Texas Rangers? Well, I, I thought going into the season that the pitch clock was going to really affect the World Series. And if it did or didn't, I didn't really see it happen. I know that not having the pitch clock, you kind of let moments breathe a little bit. And perhaps maybe in the non-pitch clock era, the Diamondbacks would have had a little bit of a chance to catch their breath during certain parts of the series. Um, I, I think if you want to point to not to put too much on it, you know, like uh, like he deserves to be World Series MVP. But when John Gray came in in game three in relief of Max Scherzer and went three innings, 30 pitches and didn't allow a sing single hit. I thought that was the key turning point in the series where Texas was really going to take this thing. That's not including the the walk off home run by Garcia in game one, because I think, you know, obviously getting um, starting off on the right foot with a win in game one is always essential to winning a series. But I think if you want to point to a moment where it kind of pivoted in the favor of the Rangers, you got to point to the middle innings of game three where Gray comes in. And I'm wondering in a non-pitch clock era, if that would have been maybe something, a different turnout where maybe a batter could have stepped out of the box and adjusted the batting gloves, you know, to really um, uh, change the rhythm of, of John Gray's pitches. But um, other than that, I thought it was a great series. You know, people are pointing to how the ratings were awful. And I think I feel like we've been beating this drum for the last 20 years of, of low ratings every single year. And how, you know, I think for the most part, every year, you know, with the exception of a handful uh, every year, it's the worst World Series ratings. And, and I know on paper, Texas versus Arizona didn't look attractive. I think Texas versus Philadelphia would have garnered a lot more interest. I think Philadelphia was a better team than Arizona, but they didn't win the series that they needed to win. And they had two opportunities at home to do it in the national league. So I don't want to take anything away from Arizona because they had strong pitching. They deserve to be there, but Texas was just the better team in the series. So really fast. I just want to hit on that ratings thing, because obviously it's good fodder for fans and for sports media and, you know, everybody who always has an opinion when they watch or don't watch a certain sport. Not every year can be Chicago, Cleveland, and that's circumstances. Not every year can have the Yankees. Not every year can have the Phillies. Not every year can have the Dodgers. Not every year can have one of those major markets. Sometimes you just get the best teams or the hottest teams in the World Series. In the, not usually in the NBA Finals. It's usually the best teams. But, you know, you not everything's the NFL where it's one game, it's one big moment, it's one big concert, all the circumstances that go into this big crescendo. It's 
there's a reason why it's hard to garner 25 million people when it's not 108 years versus 80 years in a World Series. Like, it, there is still some theater that needs to happen. And uh, I, not everybody's sports fans like us, like the junkies that who are in the the weeds where it's like, oh, I can appreciate this pitching matchup and the way these teams have been playing and how we got from the World Baseball Classic all the way to this point right here. So there, there are a lot of X factors that happen when we talk about the ratings. But like you said, the games were played and the right team in this series seemed to have won. And I think that's a big thing that we're going to take away from this because like you said, it's always doomsday. Yet somehow, you know, they seem to make new TV deals and players are getting huge contracts and new stadiums are being built and expansions are happening. So we'll talk about that as it goes on later on. But Dev, you saw this series break down. There's a lot of familiar faces on both sides of the World Series and the Rangers and the Diamondbacks that played here in Chicago. But what did you see in this series now that we have a first-time champion finally crowned as the Texas Rangers beat the Arizona Diamondbacks to become World Series champions? Well, I like to make a joke like going off of major leagues and they need to wake up the bats, but the bats were very awake here. I mean, let's take a look. Game one, six to five. Game two, nine to one. Game three, eh, three to one. Game four, 11 to seven. Game five, five to nothing. I mean, both teams scored more runs in this World Series than the White Sox did in all of May here. It was one of those <laughs> things that was very just interesting because what do we like? What do people really like about baseball? Home runs and a lot of hits. Strikeouts are cool, but unless you're throwing no hitter, no one's going to give a you flying you-know-what here. So it was just nice to see, you know, of course, my nice little hat here showed up on Friday, game one of the World Series. Yeah, don't order your hats on a Fanatics, kids. They do not come here in time. <laughs> I'm with Paul. Definitely thought the Phillies are the better team here, but they didn't win when they needed to. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flash my Paul card here because Paul can testify. At the beginning of the playoffs, I said, I got a feeling it's going to be Rangers versus Diamondbacks because they're hot at the right time. I don't think it, but it'd be nice here. But I do want to go back to the ratings thing because you brought up a very interesting point, Mercado, talking about the baseball world's classic and how that ended with Shohei Otani versus Mike Trout is that final out here. I think one of the big reasons ratings were due to on top of, you know, it not being the two most popular teams is we already had that storybook ending this year in the baseball world classic. The baseball fans that want that exciting story, they already got this season here. But at the end of the day, it is still nice to see a team win their first big championship. Uh, Paul can probably tell me how many years the Rangers have been in the league. I don't know off the top of my head. But, you know, for a team that has so much. Thank you. For a team that has, like, a lot of, you know, a lot of, you know, historically good players going back to the Nolan Ryan days, it's really nice to see that it's like this is finally the team that got it all together here. And, Paul, I, I just want to ask you a question. Aren't you so glad the White Sox hired Pedro Grafal over Bruce Bochy? Well, Bruce Bochy was never, if you remember, uh, Rick Hahn was saying, we're looking for a guy with previous experience. And I think he mentioned Bruce Bochy by name, but Bochy came out later and said, they never called me. So yeah, I would have rather have had Bruce Bochy, but let's, let's not pretend he was even an option. It was, they were just kind of dancing up the, uh, the hype before they announced that it was going to be Tony La Russa. <laughs> I try to crack a joke and Paul's like, let me use logic on you, Devin. But, but do you know what I'm saying though? Like, yes, I would have loved to have Bruce Bochy, of course, over Pedro Grafal, but it's just, he was never an option, which was unfortunate. But um, you know, I mean, Bruce Bochy's a hall of famer, you know, and, and probably the going to have the largest uh, cap of anyone that's made it into the, the hall of fame with his enormous head. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, it's just, it's funny how you can take something that another team does and turn it around and make the White Sox look even worse. Oh, they do it. But I do want to go back. I, know. I do want to <laughs> also, 
I do want to bring up the Rangers, though, because the Rangers, they weren't the New York Mets or the San Diego Padres, but the Rangers spent a lot of money this year so and made some really good trades at the deadline, and it kind of shows you have to spend money to make money. So, Devin, let's go ahead and bounce off of that because that's a great point about the philosophy of these two teams in the World Series, even down to the managers and how they were deployed and how the lineups are deployed and how this is all going. I, I Devin, uh, Paul and I talked about this on the last Sports Cubicle, I believe, where we have to start learning to know the difference between the regular season and the postseason. What happens? You know, 162 games is a great sample size, but that's what it is. It's 162 games. Then you get into series where variants and random things happen and you end up with the Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks in your World Series. And I was telling Paul this. I believe what the, the happy medium is being smart with your money but not being a penny pincher. Because what we saw in this World Series is you can put a lot of insurance on your squad that if you go on a deep run and if you get lucky with all the variables and all the randomness, you have set yourself up better than the other team, especially in this scenario where it's one team that had not only better talent, but the talent that it invested all its money in were the ones that showed up finally in the World Series, even throughout the struggle. Look who the MVP was. Like, this is that idea where there is a place where you should be fiscally responsible, but you should also be very much risk-taking when it's time to and when it's appropriate to. And I think we've seen that, you know, I don't think the Texas Rangers are going to repeat I don't think this is going to be some dynasty, but they got a chance at a bite of the apple and they were able to clear that finish line. And I think coming off your point, it that was the difference, right? Like look at the guys who made the biggest impact at the biggest moments in this world series for Texas. And it were guys, they were the guys who got paid a lot of money or, and some of them were going to get paid even more money in just a few years. So Paulie bouncing off of what Dev said, your thoughts on the philosophy. We were talking about this last week on seeing this, this monster of a payroll, win a World Series, obviously not Dodgers, Yankees, but still up there, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Adoles Garcia gets injured in game three and, you know, they don't even miss a beat. You know, it's not like Travis Jankowski can fill those big shoes, but Jankowski goes two for four in the very next game, you know, plays solid defense. But, you know, all that money that they spent on Marcus Simeon, and Corey Seager, everyone thought they were ridiculous to have that expensive of a middle infield. But now you have a World Series MVP and a guy that basically iced the thing in game five by hitting a home run and shouting ring as he was rounding the bases. So and, and to think that they did this without Jacob deGrom, you know, so it's, it's just crazy. You know, yeah, you have to spend a ridiculous amount of money. Dallas is a very large market. So the Rangers can kind of do things differently than like the 2015 Kansas city Royals. Um, you know, I, I, I firmly believe that you don't need to spend a lot of money in order to have a championship team, but you do need to spend some money on whether it's good pitching, whether it's, uh, you know, a, a solid veteran that, you know, can perform for you like a Marcus Semien or a Corey Seager, um, you know, wait until Garcia's uh, rookie deal comes up or his team control deals comes up because he's going to get paid. And it's especially because, you know, he hit five straight, you know, five straight games with a home run in the postseason and a walk off home run in extra innings in the World Series. You know, the, the man will earn the next contract that he deserves. I think it's a great point. And uh, I'm going to throw it to you, Dev, in a second. But this is why we were talking about all offseason about the major shortstops that found new homes and where we thought the Cubs landed, where it was a big deal. But when you compare it to some of the other deals, you're like, that one probably worked out best for them. Now we're on the point where if you're a Cub fan, 
and the White Sox heading into this offseason, you got big names. You got big names out there like Shohei Otani. And I think more likely for the Cubs, Cody Bellinger and or Juan Soto. There are names out there that you're going to have to pay that you're going to have to make moves for. And you have to be aware and you have to kind of take that risk. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how teams and front offices use this World Series as a bouncing point. But Dev, where are you at when it comes to this philosophy of, of the money, of, of where you should spend it, how you should spend it? Where are you on this in, in Major League Baseball? Well, before I answer that, I want to say, Mercado, that you say the Rangers won't repeat, but they did repeat. They lost two World Series back-to-back. Thank you very much. <laughs> but going back to this, it does kind of seem a thing. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't – I'm going to tell you right now, I do not think the team that has Shohei Otani is going to win the World Series next year. Well, he's probably – he might be injured next year. But in the next two or three years, I don't think the Shohei Otani team's going to win it all because they're going to be – I can say pissing away a lot of money on the radio. They're going to be pissing away. I actually can't say that. They're going to be blowing away a lot of money on one guy here. He's probably going to make over, you know, or close to half a billion. God, that's scary to think about. But at the same time, take a look at teams like the Phillies. People are calling them crazy for giving Bryce Harper that $350 million deal. But since he's been on the team, I think they only had one season where they didn't make the playoffs. Paul, can you verify that for me? That, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like you got to – and they also have other key factors that kind of work here. I'm not against – I don't want to be the Mets because they were the prime example of you spend all your money and look what happened here. That was a train wreck waiting to happen. But at the end of the day, I think you need to spend some money on players and you need a competent coaching and training staff, which is I think we can say from the White Sox, the Cubs, the Bears, the Bulls, if you don't have competent coaching staff, it does not matter who you put on that field here. It can just make everything terrible here. So it's like you really kind of need to find that whole – cohesive system here and i mean i don't know what the average baseball coach makes a year but that might be something we need to start since that may be something we need to start spe- that may be something where you need to start s- you need to spend some money there i'm done trying to say it oh yeah <laughs> it's a porky pig uh going on here <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry guys i don't know what that was oh that's, that's okay too actually a good thought oh gosh where was i such as we need to find you need to find like a way to spend a decent amount on players, coaching, and training staff here. And the thing is, ticket prices are going up right now. But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think anyone in the front office is making any more money. How many times do you hear stories of play of teams having to clear house just because they spent a lot of money on huge name players here? And again, maybe baseball needs to be a and again, maybe baseball needs a salary cap like the rest of them. But that that's another conversation for another day here. All I'm going to say is I'll end it on this. I'm happy the Rangers got their win. Arizona can suck it. <laughs> well, well said, sir. Piggyback off of that, though, uh, with you know, uh, the, I don't know if you guys heard the Padres had to take out a fifty million dollar loan to help cover their payroll at the end of the season. Talk about and this. that was another team that I I think spent so gaudily. You know, you know, I think you know, like like Devin brings up a good point about the salary cap because if you don't have one, then teams are going to spend excessively and some teams are in the market to do that. You know, the New York Mets, you know, even though I think their owner, Steve Cohen is having buyer's remorse after, you know, how much they spent on all of those guys and not having the outcome that they wanted, they're starting to sell off and it seems like they're starting all over now. Granted they're, they're lucky that they have um, the guys that they have, you know, David Stearns, they're talking about interviewing Craig council, uh, you know, I mean, they they can they can rebuild. They have the technology. But you look at a team like the San Diego Padres. They started the rebuild at the same time as the White Sox. A lot of White Sox fans, myself included, kind of 
use the Padres as a barometer for what the White Sox should be doing. And if you look back on it, the Padres are in a complete mess, whereas the White Sox, yeah, the White Sox are a mess, but they're not, you know, looking to cover, you know, uh, they're not taking out loans to cover payroll. You know, they could spend money if they need to at this point. They, they have money to work with at this point. It's so many great points by you guys, especially bringing up this new way of of ownership coming in too. You know, it, it's it's not the same type of guys like Jerry Reinsdorf buying a Major League Baseball or NBA team, NFL team. These are multi-billionaires that have to be able to afford this to see here the San Diego Padre story come out and, you know, we'll be all over it as more details come on and how this is going to affect everything else going on in baseball when it comes to the salary. But there's a lot of interesting points. I think I'll leave it on this. As a fan of any organization, what would you rather be? And I mean this not as somebody who has an answer, maybe my own personal opinion, but if it's not your money, which way of the fence do you lean? Do you want a conservative owner? Do you want an irresponsible owner? Do you want the money flash owner? Do you want the walletist type owner? What is it as a fan that you are looking for? Because I think at the end of the day, the only thing we want is consistent winning. And I don't think fans necessarily care how you get there. I think it's low-hanging fruit for us, though. It's easy fodder. It's easy for us to be able to say, this is what we would do with this amount of money. Just like if, if when the Mega Millions and the jackpot is at a billion, we're already spending money we're never going to touch. I think that's what a lot of it is. So I think just, I want to, as we've ended this baseball season, and that being the craziest sport of them all when it comes to the salary cap and not having one, where fans are now on their philosophy of how you should run and try to win a World Series. But we're going to be covering all the entire MLB offseason, winter meetings, GM meetings, all the fun stuff that's going to come down the pipeline. But the Texas Rangers have won their first World Series. We have crowned a first-time champion. Make sure you're following us all over the universe. We're on Twitter at SportsCubicleTV. If you miss any one of our segments, check out the YouTube channel at the Sports Cubicle or Sorts. Sports from the college everywhere in the universe. Of course, Spotify and SoundCloud on WCPT 820. Check out our friends over at Sheets and Giggles, SheetsandGiggles.com, the sports keep going. Sports from the couch. Hey, shout out to Will Smith for winning three in a row. He's Paul Tavari. He's Devin Tingo. I'm Mike Mercado.